From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Welcome to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro, and today we have a super stacked show. And that's just not me saying it. Today is actually super stacked because we're not only talking about the Raw after WrestleMania, we're not only talking about AEW Dynamite from earlier tonight, but we're going back in time for three huge events. We got Thursday, Raw Thursday, Monday Night Raw is preempted to... Thursday in 1997, February 13th. We're going to talk all about that Raw. But we're also going to be talking about the In Your House Final Four pay-per-view where it was Stone Cold Steve Austin, Vader, Bret Hart, and The Undertaker battling it out for the WWF champion. We also will be going back in time like we do every Wednesday talking about the Land of Extreme, the next episode of ECW Hardcore TV. But before we get into all that, I want to salute all my fans from all over the world, all my Wrestling DeLorean passengers who've been riding with the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. I appreciate you guys. I salute you guys. Thank you so much for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. If you don't already, follow us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow us on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow us on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. And make sure you follow the Twitch. We got a lot more cool shit coming to Twitch. So, without further ado, let's get into this super stacked episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast on this late Wednesday evening right now. gentlemen whether it is morning time night time daytime evening afternoon weekend weekday friday monday tuesday thursday whatever it don't matter thank you for allowing me into your routine every monday wednesday and friday here on the wrestling delorean podcast boy have we have been watching a lot of wrestling this past couple days we have a lot to talk about we were watching fucking Ring of Honor, AEW Rampage, WWE SmackDown, WWE WrestleMania, NXT Stand and Deliver, WrestleMania Night 2, The Raw after WrestleMania. There's been so much wrestling this past weekend and I've been trying to keep up with everything. My mind is going crazy. I'm spinning over here. But we're going to officially catch up on everything right now. We're going to be talking about the Raw after WrestleMania from this past Monday. We're going to be talking about tonight's AEW Dynamite. We're going to be going back in time and talking about the Final Four in your house pay-per-view for the WWF. We're going to be going back in time and talking about ECW, the next episode of Hardcore TV, the land of extreme like we do every Wednesday here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I am so grateful because without you, there is no us. So thank you so much. And also... Thank you to our sponsors, Three Falls Brand. I'm going to let my homie Mean Gene tell you about the company. So here he is, Mean Gene. Hey listeners, this is Mean Gene of Three Falls Brand. Are you a fan of wrestling? Are you also a fan of rock music? If so, check out threefallsbrand.com for all your WrestlePunk merch. We've got tons of wrestler and band mashup designs to choose from. Whether it be RVD and Black Sabbath, Atsushi Onita and the Lower Class Brats, Doink the Clown and the Addicts, 
or Mortis and the Misfits. We've got you covered. Also, follow us on Instagram at 3fallsbrand. Again, check us out at 3fallsbrand.com and on Instagram at 3fallsbrand. Thanks, and continue enjoying this episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Now, after a amazing, an amazing WWE WrestleMania night one and night two coming out of this weekend, my love and passion for the WWE is at a whole time high. My love for the WWE is rejuvenized. So I felt like I was only doing myself a disservice if I do not check out the Raw after WrestleMania, which is been known to be the most exciting Monday Night Raw of the year. Every year, every year, WWE goes all out the Raw after WrestleMania. It's been kind of bland the last couple years, but this year was pretty good. We started out hot. We started out with the Raw return of the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes grabs the mic. Cody Rhodes is talking about why he is now here in the WWE First and foremost, Cody Rhodes got a huge welcome back chant and a huge reaction from the crowd. The crowd's popping hard for Cody. Cody Rhodes grabs the mic. He says, what do you guys want to talk about? Which was exactly what he said in AEW in that really weird, ominous promo about him leaving. He says that it's been 48 days since he became a free agent and everyone thinks that the decision to come back to the WWE was difficult, but it was not. He says that he resigned a multi-year agreement with the WWE, and if he had any doubts about returning at WrestleMania when he looked at those fans going crazy, all those doubts went away. He shows a picture on the Titan Tron of Dusty Rhodes holding up a WWF championship. He says that his father, the American Dream Dusty Rhodes, he said he was more than a father. He was a hero to him. Cody gets emotional in this. His voice starts cracking. He starts crying a little bit. And see, that's something that the WWE been lacking for a while. Raw emotion. Raw emotion is needed. And I think Cody Rhodes is the guy to bring that. He says in the picture, he Dusty Rhodes is holding up the belt. The same belt that Hogan held. The same belt that Taker held. The same belt that Shawn Michaels held. And yes, the same belt that Triple H held. He said, but in the photo, the photo that was on... His family's mantle until his dad's dying day. One day, Dusty explained to him when Cody was a kid that he never took home the championship belt because he never won that championship belt. Cody vows to win that championship belt. He said he cannot put that belt in his father's hands, but he could put that belt around the waist of the American Nightmare. He's ready. He's going to do it for the fans. He's going to do it for his family. He's going to do it for the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Out comes Seth Rollins. Everyone thinks that Seth Rollins is going to continue a feud here with Cody Rhodes, but instead, Cody extends his hand and Seth Rollins accepts. They shake hands in a sign of respect. Now, there's a lot of layers to dissect here. Seth Rollins was a student under Dusty Rhodes in FCW. Seth Rollins was as close with Dusty Rhodes as any other wrestler could be besides Cody and Dustin. Now, Cody's promo was very emotional, and like I said, it brought raw emotion, and it was to the point Cody is here to hold the title that his father never held. So that's the big explanation. It's not because he hates AEW. It's not because he wanted more money. It's not because he wanted creative control. It's not because he wanted a booking position. It's not because he wanted more money than CM Punk. He's here to hold the title that his father never held. Now, Cody Rhodes in 2015, Stardust, that Cody Rhodes was not championship material. Cody Rhodes left the territory, got seasoned, and now is back a main eventer. This Cody Rhodes is ready. This Cody Rhodes, if he didn't book himself in that asinine AEW storyline about him not being able to go for the AEW championship, this Cody Rhodes could have been a AEW champion. This Cody Rhodes is a main event level star. Now... Is Cody Rhodes going to be the guy to take the title off of Roman Reigns? Now, that's the big question. That's the million-dollar question. That's interesting. 
Roman Reigns with a historic, historic, historic title reign here. Something that we don't see in the WWE too often. Roman Reigns, the head of the table, the tribal chief, he has held that title for 550 plus days. Is the guy to take that title off of the longest reigning champion of the modern era, Cody Rhodes? Now, there's a lot of mixed reaction online. A lot of people were like, oh, well, if you let an AEW guy come in and take the title off of Roman Reigns after Roman Reigns was doing this for 500 plus days, what does that give a message to your roster? Well, let me ask you this. Speaking of the roster... Who else is there for Roman Reigns to wrestle? Roman Reigns beat Edge. Roman Reigns beat Finn Balor. Roman Reigns beat Brian Danielson, even though he's not there anymore. Roman Reigns beat Brock Lesnar. Roman Reigns beat Bobby Lashley. Roman Reigns beat Big E. Roman Reigns beat Kofi Kingston. Roman Reigns ran through that whole roster. Who on that roster today can say that they are a viable contender for Roman Reigns' WWE and WWE Universal Champion. The undisputed champion. The unified champion. Who, right now, is a viable contender? He beat Seth Rollins. He beat Kevin Owens. Who's left? When you hold the title for 500 plus days... And you do, in conjunction to that, to the WWE also releasing a bunch of stars. You're going to run into the problem where there's nobody left. So, right now, the only guy who's left, the only guy who has a story, the only guy who has a motive to be champion, not just to hold that title, but it means something bigger for him, is Cody Rhodes. Now, if this indeed leads to Cody versus Roman, I, as much as I love Cody and I would love to see Cody hold that title, I'm going to be torn because Roman Reigns right now is killing it. He's killing it. The, yo, you, no pun intended, you got to acknowledge him as the top guy in professional wrestling today. I said it last year during my year-end awards, everybody was saying, Kenny Omega. I'm a huge Kenny Omega fan. I'm a huge Kenny Omega fan. But Kenny Omega was the champion of a already hot brand. Roman Reigns was the champion of a bland-ass show and made it watchable. That's why I acknowledge Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is and will be for the next foreseeable future the top draw of the WWE. But he can't hold that title forever. And the feel-good story of Cody Rhodes, the prodigal son, returning home to the WWE and winning the title that his father never held. That story... Could be a historic story. That could be an historic title change. It's going to be very, very, very interesting to see how this all plays out. Speaking of title changes, on this Monday Night Raw, we had an NXT World Championship match between Dolph Ziggler and Braun Breaker. And the NXT title changed hands when Braun Breaker won back the NXT champion in front of the Monday Night Raw at the WrestleMania crowd. That was a huge moment for Braun Breaker. Now, I think that it could have been even bigger, being that Scott Steiner and Rick Steiner were backstage. It would have been even bigger if Scott Steiner and Rick Steiner was with Braun Breaker in his corner. But nonetheless, it was a really, really cool moment. Also, the plans for Edge and his little partnership with with Damian Priest are starting to plant the seeds for a bigger faction. It seems like news news actually broke that two new members of Edge and Damian Priest's faction have been leaked. It may 
be if plans plans could change, but it may be Rhea Ripley and Tommaso Ciampa. That's really dope. Now I see a lot of people trying to compare this to AEW's House of Black. As much as I see the similarities, I'm not stupid. There is very much similarities. I would like to see in a more modern turn. I would like to see Edge run a faction more similar to how the Ministry of Darkness was ran and less of how the House of Black is being run. Now, Edge was a he was an original member of the Ministry of Darkness. So you have that to play off of. Edge is channeling his inner Undertaker lately. So it's going to be interesting. Monday Night Raw went off the air with Roman Reigns and his council. You had the Bloodline, the Usos. You had the wise man, Paul Heyman, all in the ring. And that crowd was just waiting for him to hit the line. The acknowledge me. That crowd went wild. Now, all night this promo was hyped up, and in the end, it was hyped up just to tell us that the next step for Roman Reigns will be revealed on SmackDown. So, we didn't get much out of Roman Reigns here. Anyway, good episode of Monday Night Raw. Not the best Raw after WrestleMania, but good episode of Monday Night Raw. I am very interested to see where a lot of things go. Some side notes here. I'm really interested to see where Kevin Owens goes. I'm really interested really interested to see where this more serious Austin Theory goes. I'm really interested to see a lot of shit here. So right now, the WWE is firing on all cylinders, and it's not often that I say that. So even if this is just for the time being, I'm going to enjoy the ride. When we come back from this commercial break, we'll be discussing tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. A lot of shit went down on AEW, and we'll be talking all about that when we return on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington, for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. 
Listen to Supreme, The Battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Greetings and salutations. It's your man CD, the fallen angel, Christopher Daniels. Now, I'm not just a world-traveled professional wrestler and the man with the perfect shaped head to be bald for the rest of his life. I'm also the head of talent relations for All Elite Wrestling. And as such, I am not allowed to lie. It's in my contract. So when I tell you that Mike DeNiro and the Wrestling DeLorean podcast is available every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you know I'm telling you the truth. Now, Mike talks about classic WWF, WCW, ECW, and TNA reviews, as well as doing modern news for AEW, WWE, Impact Wrestling, New Japan, and all the things that are happening in the world of professional wrestling today. So why don't you give it a listen and just remember that Christopher Daniels was the one that sent you and uh, enjoy the podcast. Take care, everyone. Welcome back to the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. We're about to get into AEW Dynamite from tonight. Really good show. It was being billed as a pay-per-view quality show. To be honest, in my opinion, it lives up to the hype. Amazing main event. Great opening match. A lot of good shit in between. So let's talk about AEW Dynamite from earlier tonight here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. AEW started really hot and heavy here. We had Adam Cole versus Christian Cage start us out right off the bat. I expected great things from this matchup. Good serious matchup here between Adam Cole and uh, Christian Cage. Notice how we didn't get a lot of the super kicks, the pile drivers, the near falls. Notice we didn't get a lot of that in this match. I guess it takes going against an absolute veteran like Christian Cage to take out all the nonsense, nonsensical bullshit that you see in Adam Cole matches. Anyway, Adam Cole wins a really good matchup. After the matchup, Red Dragon comes out and they attack Christian Cage. Jurassic Express makes the save. Then Hangman Page comes out. Adam Cole says that he wants his title matchup. Hangman Page says that he wants to give Adam Cole a title matchup. And he's going to do it live on Rampage next week in Texas when these two men face in a Texas death match. Now, as much as I feel like Adam Cole versus Adam Page in a Texas death match is going to be absolutely amazing, didn't we just not too long ago see a Texas death match? with Hangman Page against Lance Archer for the AEW champion? You mean to tell me that this man defended his title four times and two of those times it was in a Texas death match? You couldn't switch it up a little bit? You couldn't make it like a Texas bull rope match or you couldn't make it like a fucking bunker house brawl or some shit? It had to be a Texas death match? When AEW gets a little... When they, they do a gimmick match, they overdo the gimmick match. If you remember when AEW was doing the constant lights out matches, the the constant hardcore brawls, like these things are good to have on your show. I'm not I'm not against it. They're good to have on your show, but they're good when they're done spaced out and built up towards. But anyway, we then see highlights of Jay Lethal fighting Jonathan Gresham at Supercard of Honor, uh turning heel and Sanjay Dutt joining his side and seeing the return of Samoa Joe to Ring of Honor. We then get the AEW debut of the Samoan submission machine, Samoa Joe. This is a Owen Hart Foundation qualifying matchup, and it is Samoa Joe versus Max Caster. Samoa Joe comes out first, and he gets a monstrous pop. The crowd loves Samoa Joe, as do I. I've always been a Samoa Joe fan for a very long time, a huge Samoa Joe fan since his early days in Ring of Honor. First time I saw him was in TNA back in 2005. Saw him in Ring of Honor back in 2005, 2006, and I've been a fan ever since. So it was really cool to see Samoa Joe here still doing his thing, still running wild and doing it here in AEW. Max Caster comes out. And during Max Caster's rap, he clowns Samoa Joe for being injury prone. And he says that when AEW beat NXT in the rating, Samoa Joe was the NXT champion. A lot of Joe's gonna kill you chance. Early on in the matchup, Samoa Joe takes it to Max Caster. I fucking love Joe and his offense. Real high intensity, real speed and brutality. 
Uh, Samoa Joe hits a flying tope suicida. Man, the guy still has it, man. Like, yeah, he put on some more weight. He's always been a bigger guy. He's older. He's injury prone. But the guy's still doing tope suicidas to the outside. You got to give him credit for that. Uh, Samoa Joe hits the muscle buster. And I am so glad that he brought back the muscle buster as his finishing move. Because when I think of Samoa Joe, I think of muscle buster, coquina clutch. I know he was doing some, like, urinagi move in, uh, in, uh, WWE because the Muscle Buster was banned after he accidentally injured Tyson Kidd and ended his career with the Muscle Buster. But it was really cool to see the Muscle Buster back in Samoa Joe's repertoire. Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt. I say Sanjay Gut. Whoa, Sanjay Dutt. <laughs> Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt was on the uh, Titan Tron then. Jay Lethal says that for the past four months... He been trying to call his teacher for advice. He been trying to call Samoa Joe, but Samoa Joe didn't answer his phone. He only answered his phones for billionaires. Jay Lethal calls Samoa Joe the Samoan gold digger, and he says that next week Jay Lethal has a big present, a huge surprise, a surprise that Samoa Joe won't soon forget. Next week on Dynamite, we next get a promo from the Blackpool Combat Club. It's going to be Samoa. It's going to be American Dragon Brian Danielson versus Trent Beretta on Rampage, as well as Willer Yuta, the new Ring of Honor Pure Champion, against John Moxley on Rampage. So Rampage is stacking up to be a big show. Next on the show, we got Sean Spears versus Sean Dean. MJF comes out for commentary. Wardlow has entered the arena and is taking it to security, just looking like a beast, right? Just throwing security guards all over the arena. Shit's looking crazy. Anyway, Wardlow makes his way to the ring. Sean Dean rolls up the distracted Sean Spears for the win. This is another upset for Sean Dean. Sean Spears is just irate here. Next, we got the be- uh, the best friends fighting backstage. They're upset with Willer Yuta. They think that Willer Yuta is turning his back on the best friends because he wants to be a part of the Blackpool Combat Club or whatever they're called, like I said before. Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I'm not too interested in this storyline. Like, Willer Yuta was an original member of the best friends. Yeah, he's been brought in as a best friend, but that was more of like a random thing. It just happened randomly when Wheeler Yuta made his debut with AEW. He was just paired up with the best friends. So now that this guy is making a name for himself, why have him held down by Chucky e. T and Tremperetta? Like, why would he not want to be his own man? I don't get the motive here by the best friends, unless this is a heel turn for the best friends. But I don't see that with the popularity of Orange Cassidy and Danhausen. I don't know. This is kind of weird. We next see Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz from earlier today brawling with the Jericho Appreciation Society. Uh, The Jericho Appreciation Society ran off and they fled the arena. They jumped into a car and drove away. Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz come out to the ring. Eddie Kingston calls Chris Jericho a coward and he says that it is on sight when he sees him. He says, I don't care if I see you with your wife and kids. It is on sight. I'm still going to attack you. He said, Daniel Garcia, I know where you live, partner. If I want to, I'll show up to your house and fuck you up. Then Ortiz, he says, when Chris Jericho grows a pair, let's do a six-man tag next week. Eddie Kingston says that next week they're going to beat their asses like Junkyard Dog beat Butch Reed's ass. Woo! What a segment, man. Yo, Kingston is the realest promo in wrestling, I swear to God. Next, we got the Butcher and the Blade versus the Hardy Boys in the table matchup. Uh, this was just a lot of craziness, a lot of hardcore spots. In the end, Jeff Hardy goes old school when he hits a massive swanton bomb from the top of a ladder through the table on the outside for the victory onto the blade. The Hardy boys pick up the wind. Next, Andrade and the AFO come out, and Sting fights them off with a bat. Now, as much as I like Jeff Hardy, as much as I like seeing the Hardy boys and Sting and Darby and Andrade, where are they going with this? Where are they going with this? This is being dragged out. I don't see why this is still a thing. Andrade wanted Darby. Andrade beat Darby last week. What's the point of having, like, you you have Andrade, the AFO, like, unless somebody else is going to be in this mix here. It's five on four. Is like, I don't know, man, like, the storyline's just not doing much for me. Next, we see Swerve. He's cutting a promo. 
talks about being at the Grammys, uh, winning a Grammy for Donda, or winning, seeing his friend win the Grammy for Donda, uh, which is the Kanye West album. Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs attack Swerve, and Keith Lee saves him. He evens up the odds, and he pounces Powerhouse Hobbs through a fucking drywall, which was insane. But enough of all of that. We're here for the main event. Ring of Honor Tag Team Championship. The AAA Tag Team Championships. Both belts on the line. It is the Young Bucks versus FTR. Now, this was an absolute stellar main event. Amazing main event. The Young Bucks were booed out the building as FTR was cheered like fucking gods. These guys could do no wrong. And when these two teams got together, it was just absolutely amazing. Great chemistry between these two teams. Now, first of all, shout out to FTR. They've been busting their ass and having great match after great match after great match. They had a really good matchup against the Guns, the Gun Club last week. If you remember two weeks ago, Dax Hardwood had a phenomenal matchup against CM Punk. This past Friday, FTR had probably the match of the year with the Briscoes. And now they're facing the Young Bucks and yet another phenomenal matchup. Right now, FTR are the true MVPs of wrestling right now. It don't matter if it's AEW, WWE, Ring of Honor. FTR is killing it. More than any other team, solo wrestler. Yo, right now, nobody's putting up better performances than FTR. And in the end, FTR picks up the victory here. Now them and the Young Bucks are one and one, so I'm sure there will be a rubber match down the line. But on this night... FTR picked up a massive, massive victory in what, in my opinion, I'm calling a five-star matchup, a perfect matchup. This was just phenomenal. Great Dynamite. Definitely lived up to the hype as a pay-per-view quality Dynamite. A lot of good matches, a lot of great action. As long as it stays this way, I think AEW's in a good place. I really want to see AEW succeed. I think that the whole territorialism of professional wrestling fans are fucking stupid. I am a huge AEW fan, and I enjoyed WrestleMania. I enjoyed Raw. And that just means that there's more great wrestling to watch. I'm not over here rooting for one to fail, rooting for one to win. Fuck that. Why can't we all just get along, and why can't we just all enjoy good wrestling? Speaking of good wrestling, sometimes when you want to see the good shit, you got to go back in time. Like we're going to do when we come back from this commercial break, we're going to be talking about WWE, well, WWF, Monday Night Raw from February 13th, 1997, and the WWF In Your House pay-per-view Final Four. We have a lot to go here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, so stay tuned. You don't want to miss this. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day... Your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It's the man, the king, the god of this shit. Nick fucking games. And you know how I start this off. Shout out to all my MDK gang members around the world. Shout out to all my boys locked up in the cells. Eastern Block. Shout out to my hate club. Rest in peace, Big Day Hatred. And rest in peace, my brother Justice Payne. And I'm sending this video to my motherfucking boy, my gang member, Mike De Niro. And Mike, I want to start this off by saying thank you, man, for repping the MDK gang the right way. I want to say thank you, like I tell the rest of the people, and I keep telling them and telling them, Mike, if it wasn't for you or the rest of the gang, me, Nick Gage, I wouldn't be here right now, Mike. And I definitely wouldn't be doing what I love. That's professional deathmatch wrestling. So I just wanted to say thank you, Mike. And I want to let all my MDK gang members know to go check out the Wrestling Delarine podcast. I was on it. It was a dope-ass podcast. We had awesome conversation. It was one of my favorite podcasts I did. And I don't do too many. And I've done some big ones. And this one was one of my favorites. So go check out the Delarain Podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. They do this shit three days a week. So from the king of this shit, from the god of deathmatch wrestling, go check out the Delarain Podcast. And remember... They do it three times a week. They ain't slacking. They're on top of their game. They do it Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you know what it is. It's MDK all fucking day. And Mike, I would love to be on your podcast again, man. Ladies and gentlemen, with WrestleMania this past weekend being such a super stacked show and having a special WrestleMania review on Monday, we moved the old school Raw Monday reviews here to Wednesday for this week only, and we have a super stacked review for you. We got Monday Night Raw from a Thursday, February 13th. It is Thursday, Raw Thursday, and we're going to be talking about the WWF In Your House Final Four pay-per-view, where the four final members of the WWF Royal Rumble will battle it out here for the WWF Champion. I'll explain why right now. First off, we got to explain why WWF Monday Night Raw is on a Thursday night, WWE was preempted to Thursday because of the Westminster Dog Show. So, WWE took the Monday Night Raw show and made it Thursday, Raw Thursday for one night only. February 13th, 1997, a two-hour episode of Monday, well, Thursday Night Raw. This show started out real hot. We had the Intercontinental title matchup between Rocky Maivia versus The Game, Triple H. But at the time, he was more known as the Blue Blood, Hunter Hust Helmsley. Really good back and forth matchup. Honky Talk Man is on commentary, and he's just shitting all over The Rock. In the end, though, Rocky Maivia picks up the victory for a huge upset. But we have a new Intercontinental champion in Rocky Maivia. Next, Sunny comes out and she announces the next match. We have the debut of the Headbangers versus Aldo Montoya and Spark Plug Bob Holly. 
Commentator goes on and on about Shawn Michaels suffering a knee injury and going to forfeit the WWE title tonight. Now, if you remember, the main event of this Thursday, Raw Thursday, was supposed to be Shawn Michaels versus Psycho Sid for the WWF World Heavyweight Champion. That's what I expected to see going into this, but that's not what we're going to see. Shawn Michaels suffered an injury, and he is forfeiting the WWF champion tonight. What does that mean for Sid? What does that mean for the main event of Final Four this Thursday? This Sunday, I should say. We will talk about that when we get to that, but during the matchup, the Headbangers had a pretty good showing, and in the end, the Headbangers win. Next, this McMahon comes out with Gorilla Monsoon. He is in the ring, and they bring out the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. This was the infamous Shawn Lost His Smile promo. He talks about how in a WWF modern world where everybody's the tough guy, everybody's trying to be the tough guy, Shawn is a real emotional man, and he says that he just always tried to be the best. He always tried to be the showstopper. Always try to give these fans a show and send them home happy. Whether they loved him, they booed him, they hated him. He always wanted them to know that he busted their ass. He busted his ass for them. He's emotional. He hits them with the line with, he lost a lot. But one thing he lost was his smile and he has to go find his smile. Now, what they don't tell you about this in the history books, what, what they don't say or what they don't bring up is, there was only a few people actually crying in the crowd. Women were crying, but there was a huge We Want Sid chant. Even when the man is crying his eyes out, talking about he cannot wrestle and he's forfeiting the WWF champion, the crowd still wanted Sid. It was a sign that this was a new day in the WWF. No longer did they want the clean-cut baby faces. They wanted the attitude ass-kickers. And I feel like this moment was a huge moment that ushered in a attitude error. Now, Savio Vega then goes up against The Undertaker. It is Savio Vega with the Nation of Domination. Undertaker wins a quick matchup. Afterwards, the Nation of Domination attacked The Undertaker, but Ahmed Johnson makes the save. Gorilla Monsoon then announces that at the Final Four pay-per-view, the final four main event between Stone Cold Steve Austin, Vader, The Undertaker, and Bret Hart is now for the World Heavyweight Champion. It was for the number one contendership, but now that matchup is a title matchup. And since Sid did not get his championship tonight, he's still the number one contender. And the winner of that matchup on In Your House Final Four will be going against Psycho Sid one day later on Monday Night Raw for the WWF Champion. We next get Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Psycho Sid. The match is thrown out pretty early when Bret the Hitman Hart attacks uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Bret Hart and Sid go at it. Just crazy pandemonium here. Then it is the WWF Tag Team title match between Farouk and Crush versus the British Bulldog and Owen Hart. Bret Hart is uh, interviewed backstage about Shawn Michaels. He has a few nice things to say. He says, me and Shawn don't get along, but I don't want to see anyone's livelihood be taken away from him. He hopes that Shawn Michaels does come back because Shawn Michaels was the man he wanted to beat for the WWF champion. But until then, he hopes that Shawn Michaels is, you know, going to get better and return to the WWF one day. During the matchup, Owen Hart, he is quote-unquote injured again. He has a knee injury. Just like last week, he is counted out. So the Nation of Domination, they win the matchup by count out, but Bulldog and Owen Hart keep the title. British Bulldog and Owen Hart get into a big, uh, what's called, argument about this. Then we get the main event. It is Big Van Vader versus Bret the Hitman Hart. The Undertaker comes out before the match starts, and he says that he doesn't get respect anymore. But in four days, he's going to beat the respect out of Stone Cold, Bret Hart, and Vader and become the new WWF champion. And all three men will rest in peace. Vader then attacks Bret Hart, starts the matchup. Austin comes out. He attacks Bret Hart before we go to commercial break. The matchup ends when Vader goes for a Vader salt, but misses. Bret Hart capitalizes for the three count. We got Stone Cold Steve Austin being restrained on the fucking balcony, trying to jump off the balcony, get to Bret Hart 
absolute craziness. Now, I, I promised that I was going to just talk about this show, but because I didn't do the show on Monday, I want to give you guys an extra little treat. So instead of waiting to next week, I'm going to now review the pay-per-view that all this built up towards. WWF In Your House Final Four. Let's talk about this great, great pay-per-view. A pay-per-view I thoroughly enjoyed. We got JR and the King on the call. Opening matchup is Wildman Mark Mero with Sable versus Leaf Cassidy. Ironic that we're going to be talking about ECW later on tonight and Al Snow plays a big part of ECW at this time period. But anyway, good solid matchup. Leaf Cassidy got a lot of offense in, which is something I did not expect. I expected Mark Miro to get pretty much a squash match over here. But this was a fun matchup, solid opening matchup. Mark Miro wins. Next, we got a recap of Shawn Michaels relinquishing the WWF champion, and this leads to a Sid promo. Sid is pissed off. He didn't get the title shot this past Thursday, but he will be getting a title shot tomorrow night on Raw, and he says he will be the next champion because he is the master and the ruler of the universe. Next, we have a six-man tag match. It is Flash Funk, who, by the way, it's also part of the ECW review that I'm going to be doing after this review. But Flash Funk, Bart Gunn, and Goldust versus Farouk, Crush, and Savio Vega. Farouk wants the mic, but Goldust attacks him. Things break down pretty quickly. Flash Funk does a dive onto everybody on the outside. A lot of innovative offense from Flash Funk. Someone that I think should have been showcased a lot more. To be honest, I'm not big on the Flash Funk gimmick. If he was too cold Scorpio here, I, I love the too cold Scorpio gimmick. I think that he should have been more of a prominent character in the WWF. Flash Funk is really innovative. In the end, by the way, Flash Funk was the MVP of this matchup and took a lot of the offense here. Um, in the end, the Nation of Domination pick up the victory. Stone Cold Steve Austin is then interviewed. He says that he already beat all three of these guys at the Royal Rumble, and this is a conspiracy against him to hold him back, just like every other company held him back his whole career. We then get the Intercontinental title rematch from this past Raw. It is Triple H versus Rocky Maivia. This was an even better match from the Raw match. This got a lot more time, and it was a lot more action here. Rocky Maivia hit a huge dive. In the end, Rocky Maivia hits a huge German suplex when Goldust distracts Hunter Hearst Helmsley to get the victory here. The Rock retains the IC title. After the match, Goldust and Marlena are back. They're ringside, and they're going after Triple H when China debuts, and she chokes out Marlena ringside. This was an iconic moment where no one knew who China was. They thought that China was a fan, and this big brolic woman just grabs and yokes up Marlena from the from behind in the crowd and just chokes her out while security is trying to restrain China. Really, really cool moment to see the debut of China. We next get a Vader interview where he talks about winning the, the WWF title tonight. Speaking of titles, we next get a WWF tag title matchup. It is Doug Furness and Phil LaFon versus British Bulldog and Owen Hart. Been seeing this matchup a lot lately. Seen it a lot lately, you know, they, they've been running this matchup like, yes, these guys have good chemistry, but you can't be running this matchup every fucking week. Anyway, this was still a very good, solid matchup. Nonetheless, uh, very good chemistry between both of these teams. A lot of athleticism from both teams, especially Owen Hart, Phil Lafon, and Doug Furness. No disrespect to Bulldog, but Bulldog brings more of a powerhouse style. Uh, British Bulldog and Owen Hart continue to have dissension during the matchup. British Bulldog, in the end, hits a power slam and goes for the pin. But before he could hit the power slam, Owen Hart hit Phil LaFon with the Slammy Award. So the referee throughout the matchup gives it a DQ. Winners are Phil LaFon and Doug Furness. But once again, in the end, Owen Hart and Bulldog retain the titles. Now, British Bulldog is fucking fed up with this. He gets in Owen Hart's face. He grabs the Slammy Award and breaks it. Owen Hart's irate that Bulldog broke his slammy. These guys cannot get along. It's really, really coming to a boiling point here. We next get the main event. The Fatal 4-Way, the final four for the WWF world title. This was an absolute insane hardcore brawl. This was the Attitude Error at its finest. This was ECW-esque. This was everything that you would expect from a Fatal 4-Way nowadays. No rules, weapons, blood, 
lots of hard-hitting action, lots of athleticism. This wasn't really the norm in the WWF at the time. But The Undertaker, Stone Cold, Steve Austin, Vader, and Broadheart had an absolute amazing main event here for the WWF champion. Vader comes out first. Next comes Steve, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Vader and Steve Austin go nose to nose and they flip each other off. Then The Undertaker comes out and Bret Hart is interviewed backstage. He says that nothing's going to stop him tonight and he will be walking away the WWF champion. After Bret Hart makes his entrance, we have the Fatal 4-Way match start. Earlier on, early on in the uh, match, Undertaker hits a big boot while Vader is holding up a chair and this busts Vader's eye open pretty badly. He's bleeding buckets over here. Um, yeah, like I said, this was just hardcore, man. Vader was bleeding badly. Uh, Vader misses a Vader salt. Stone Cold Steve Austin was eliminated first. Steve Austin attacks Bret Hart after he was eliminated. Taker eliminates Vader. Down to Bret and Taker. This match got like 30 minutes, by the way. It's so hard to talk about everything that was done in this match. There's so much. I strongly recommend you go out of your way and see the main event of Final Four in your house between these four men because this was absolutely amazing. In the end, though, Bret Hart picks up the victory and is once again your WWF World Heavyweight Champion. But... For how long? Because he has to defend it against Psycho Sid in 24 hours after going through a fucking war here on Final Four. This was a great, great pay-per-view. I really enjoyed it. I gave it a 3.5 out of 5 stars. The main event definitely carried the most of the show. I really like this show. Now, every Wednesday, we're known for going back in time and talk about ECW. Just because we did the review of... WWF, Raw, and In Your House does not mean we're not doing ECW. So when we come back from this commercial break, we're going to be traveling to the land of extreme and talking about ECW Hardcore TV from January 24th, 1998. So stay tuned. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Hey there, this is the Queen of Extreme Francine. I am here today to let you know that you need to go and check out this very cool podcast that is happening right now. It's called the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. And it's on every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Yes, three days a week. It's amazing. And on Wednesdays, Wednesdays are really special because Edwin Melendez, he reviews ECW Hardcore TV. And sometimes he even talks about yours truly. So you need to go and you need to look up this podcast. Again, it's called the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. And it's on every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And please tell them that the Queen of Extreme King Francine sent you. 
like I said, just because we did the review of WWE In Your House and the review of WWE Thursday Raw Thursday here on Wednesday instead of Monday does not mean we're not ending off Wednesday like we do every Wednesday here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast by talking about ECW Hardcore TV. This episode of ECW Hardcore TV took place on January 24th, 1998. Now, there was only two matches on the show, but these two matches were chef kiss. Absolute amazing matches, just like you would expect on ECW at this time period. Every week, I'm talking about how great the show is. This show did not disappoint. It was just as good, whether it's five matches, four matches, or even just two matches. Two matches mean more time and more action. Those two matches were Taz defending the ECW Television Championship against the return of the formerly mentioned Flash Funk that we just talked about in the last review. Two Cold Scorpio going against Taz for the ECW Television Champion. Also, we have the Battle of Two Legends. The Battle of the Beast from the East, Bam Bam Bigelow, going against Mr. Monday Night, Mr. Pay-Per-View, the whole fucking show, Rob Van Dam. Now, before we get into ECW Hardcore TV, this episode is sponsored by Three Falls Brand. Get your brand new old-school ECW Dudley Boys style t-shirt at threefallsbrand.com I got mine it's fucking dope so go get yours but for now let's talk about ECW Hardcore TV January 24th, 1998 Joey Styles welcomes us to the world famous ECW Arena I see a lot of styrofoam heads shout out to Leaf Cassidy (laughs) A.K.A. Al Snow. What does everybody want? Just a little head. A lot of styrofoam heads here. Styles brings out the ECW television champion, the human suplex machine, Taz. Before Taz could really start talking, Taz is interrupted by Lance Wright, who must have a fucking death wish for coming out and interrupting Taz. Taz dares Lance Wright to come into the ring. He says, grow some balls and get your ass in the ring. And Lance does exactly that. He gets into the ring. What a fucking brave ass idiot. Anyway, he says that Lance Wright says that his bodyguard is in the back bench pressing 500. But he did not come alone. He says that he brought the man tonight to go against Taz. He brought the man who broke Taz's neck along with Dean Malenko. The man who's a former ECW TV champion himself. He brought Flash Funk. Flash Funk is back in the ECW arena. But if you remember, he wasn't Flash Funk when he was in ECW. So while Joey Styles is in the ring, he decides to introduce the matchup here. He says from the Red Hook section of Brooklyn, New York, the ECW television champion Taz goes against representing the WWF Flash Funk. And before he could say Funk, Funk grabs the mic and he says, nah, homie, I'm back home in ECW and my name is Two Cold Scorpio. Two Cold Scorpio is introduced. He then attacks Lance Wright. So Two Cold Scorpio wants nothing to do with Team WWF here. The matchup itself was a really great back and forth matchup. Scorpio is so damn athletic. I feel like every single time I talk about Flash Funk matches on Raw or the WWF or it's too cold Scorpio here in the WWE, I talk about how Scorp is so damn athletic. This guy should have been a world heavyweight champion somewhere. But in the end, Scorpio is choked out by Taz when Taz locks on the Taz mission, the Takjahat Kame or whatever the fuck it's called. No disrespect to the judo practitioners, but Taz mission Knockout. One, two, three. Taz is still your ECW television champion. Lance Wright comes back into the ring, but he brings Doug Furness with him, who attacks Two Cold Scorpio. Doug Furness, another guy I just talked about on my WWF review. 
Doug Furner hits hits a belly to belly suplex on Two Cold Scorpio. Taz hits a Taz flex on Furnace. Out comes the bodyguard of Lance Wright, Brackus, the behemoth here. He gets in Taz's face, but Taz quickly takes him out with a T-bone Tazplex. Two Cold Scorpio and Taz show respect to each other. Taz gets on the mic and he says, fuck Flash Funk. I admire Two Cold Scorpio, and anytime you want to come back, you're always welcomed in the ECW locker room. After this... We go right into our next matchup. We got Bam Bam Bigelow versus Rob Van Dam. Now, that's a matchup that sounds, right on paper, sounds like a fucking phenomenal matchup. The battle of speed versus power. The battle of brawling versus MMA. The battle of charisma versus the battle of just a badass. I'm excited for this one. Such a great clash of styles. Uh, Bam Bam Bigelow dominates early on, but in the middle of it, it's all Rob Van Dam. Bam Bam is so deceptively agile, though. During the matchup, Chris Candida comes out and he attacks Bam Bam Bigelow, but Bam Bam hits him with greetings from Asbury Park. Out comes Sonny, who comes to try to talk sense to Bam Bam Bigelow, as does the Queen of Extreme Francine, who you just heard from on the last commercial break. Shout out to the Queen of Extreme Francine, fan of the Wrestling DeLorean podcast, just like I'm a fan of yours, Francine. Uh, Bam Bam Bigelow picks both Francine and Sonny up, and he goes to hit them with a double greetings from Asbury Park. But the franchise Shane Douglas, who we haven't seen since the November to remember, makes his return here, and he low blows Bam Bam Bigelow, leading to Rob Van Dam going up top and hitting the five-star frog splash for the victory here against Bam Bam Bigelow. And that's how we go off the air. Two matches, one hour, great action. I love this episode of ECW. Like I said, you got the blood and guts, but then you have episodes like this and the episode from last week where you just got great wrestling. So this was a phenomenally solid episode of ECW Hardcore TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I know this episode went a little long, but I want to give back a little bit and show you guys that I love you guys and I care, so I gave you more reviews instead of just the typical one review or two reviews and the old school review. I want to give you a little bit more this pat on this episode, so thank you so much for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. If you don't already, follow along on Instagram, Twitter, sus- subscribe on Twitch. We're going to be talking about more Twitch streams to come. I plan on doing one tomorrow, so stay tuned. I'll let you guys know on the Instagram and all the social medias if I'm going live on Twitch. But going forward next week, I'm going to have a steady schedule of doing Twitch streams every Tuesday and Friday. So you don't want to miss out to that. Follow the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast on Twitch. Follow the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. I love you guys. Thank you so much for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. You guys are the best fans in the world. My Wrestling DeLorean passengers are better than any other fans in the whole fucking world. You're the best. I love you guys. Stay safe, stay strong, stay positive. One love. Like a tough in the hood to the wolves call Bitches let a drink in the club to the wolves call Surrounded by the sheep in the street to the wolves call Everyone strip on the floor We the wolves done Who can fuck with De Niro? I got a Snyder extender clip, so who wanna play hero? Go bad shit like Ozzy, I was born in the darkness. Oh, you the wolf till we pull up and you're harmless. So pray to Oliver Don Dada, the top shotter, the top spot, final boss you cross, that's when you ride stop. Basquiat with that white chalk, trigger finger streets, smile, leave your brains on the sidewalk. Niggas that get tough in the hood, to the wolf's call. Bitches let a drink in the club, to the wolf's call. Surrounded by the sheep in the street, to the wolf's call. Everyone strip on the floor, to the wolf's call. Heard them got them niggas, they be moving in the pack. Think the shit is sweet, they be plotting in the back. Summertime, better be careful where you're at. No matter Addy, nigga, we gon' get you where you lack. Dipping, creeping through the night, it's precise. Catching nigga slipping for his ice, worth your life. Answers yes, well, did nigga pay your price? Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight. South Bronx, midnight, niggas moving packs cause they hunting. I'm moving packs of that onion, but probably packing up some. Catch him slipping with them coals and he ain't telling us nothing. Catch a nigga fooling twice and then I'm pressing that button. Send his ass away, permanent vacate and start bluffing. Must have moved to Honolulu, changed his name to McLovin. Said you know what you know, that's for the pack to remember. And if a nigga leaking these, we gotta. Niggas say the dead don't talk, but that money do. If I put a hole in his melon, I bet his honey do. Shorty keep crying and screaming like that's helping you. Bullets gave his brain a period for that decimal. I think it's like a tough in the hood. To the wolf's call. 
Just let it drink in the club. To the wolf come. Surrounded by the sheep in the street. To the wolf come. Everyone strip on the floor. To the wolf come. Heard them got them niggas, they be moving in the pack. Think the shit is sweet, they be plotting in the back. Summertime, better be careful where you at. No matter Addy, nigga, we gon' get you where you lack. Dipping, creeping through the night is precise. Catching nigga slipping for his ice, worth your life. Answer yes, well, did nigga pay your price? Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.